The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Confidants, welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure. I am your host, Kelsey Dara. This is the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am so excited to introduce our two guests for this week. They are the Shrink Chicks, Emily and Jennifer, <laughs> who are two female therapists based in one of my favorite cities, Philly, Pennsylvania. Thank you very much. Working to destigmatize therapy, open up the conversation to it by creating a non judgmental environment, hoping to make therapy more accessible to people via their podcast, social media presence, and therapy practice, and the owners of the Therapy Group. Thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you for having us. Also, let's talk about Philly for a second, because very rarely will people be like, oh, I love Philly. We fucking love Philly. It's dirty as shit. so exciting. But usually nasty. Yes, yeah, she's so nasty, right? But usually not Philly. People are not repping Philly. Yeah. So thank okay. you for that. See, I think it's because I was originally born in California, which is like kind of nasty in its own right. But then I grew up in Florida, which is like a beach Philly almost. <laughs> And yes. then I go to Philly all the time for work, surprisingly. And mm-hmm. my boyfriend has played a bunch of shows there. Bitches are hot as shit. The food is good as fuck. I love riding my little bicycle around the city. I've never had a bad time in Philly. Yeah, I know. But it is. It's interesting, right? When you talk about Florida to Philly, there's like a difference between like sewer people and garbage people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're you know still saying, trash. Saying yes. 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 And it's like we don't those. talk to New Jersey. New Jersey's its own thing. We are like Right, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Know, absolutely. Right. We just go down the shore. So tell me, what is like the therapist scene like in Philly? It's saturated. It is. There's, there's, a, there's a shit ton of therapists be- in Philly. Believe it or not, people are also really depressed in Philly. <laughs> what? Not oh. always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, you guys you have cheesesteaks. Impossible. You would think. You would think that it would just take away everyone's uh, mental Sadness. health struggles. But yeah. believe it or not, people are also very depressed and anxious, I would say. Everywhere. Oh, Everywhere. Yes. And I how is like, it? Yeah, yeah. No, you go, you go. I was just saying, I was just saying the, the general state of the world. Yeah, on fire, right. a lot of dumpster shits. You know, Makes it you tough. literally. <laughs> You took the first question out of my mouth. I was yes. going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know about like your personal journeys and everything. And, and that's all good. We'll get to that. But what yeah. the fuck are we supposed to be doing right now? Are you guys busier than ever? Like what's going on? We will speak for every therapist right now, which is we're very <laughs> overwhelmed and we're very traumatized. And everyone's, mm. everyone is full. Everyone's, everyone's therapeutic full. practice is full. If you're looking wow. for a therapist right now and you're struggling to find one, uh, it makes sense because everyone is in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It uh-huh. seems like uh, uh, therapists are also in therapy for yes. the, the overwhelming clientele that I'm sure not only buffed up during the time of the pandemic, but also now with what's going on in the world like what is the most common um uh 
feeling or complaint that you guys are hearing? Anxiety. Depression, <laughs> depression anxiety, general existential dread and crisis. Right? I would like say. such a fear of what could possibly happen next, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, feeling out of control of what's happening, which is, Oof. you know, pretty realistic. And then yep. I think also, right, like the reality is like we are millennials. We see a lot of millennials. Um, we have like our entire practice is about being like psychobabble, bullshit free. We're not going to talk about those terms. We are all very right people. With that, we're also doing a lot of the same stuff as other people. So we're trying to shop. We're trying to travel. We're doing a lot of unhealthy coping skills in a manic way. <laughs> We're I said it. Not me. That's another really unhealthy coping skill. It's like uh, that euphoria, that euphoria sound. That's like, wait, is this fucking play about us? Like <laughs> you guys are describing me right now. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're running out of skin to tattoo. You know, it's a right. thing that's happening. <laughs> and we're trying every coping mechanism we could yes. possibly use. But I think there's a girl. Things, I'm about right? to start ketamine therapy. Shit. <laughs> We were just talking Wait, about I'm that. starting ketamine in, in a few weeks. That's ah! so funny you just said that if you want to talk about it. Oh, I want to talk about it. Wait, Wait, I cut you off. So tell me what you were going to say and then let's It talk doesn't about matter. It. Let's go to ketamine. I don't know. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Matter. Okay. Tell me what, what, how, how could you as the therapy group be going to do ketamine therapy? You got to try it. Because one, I do believe in trying every single thing before mm. I recommend it to a client, like to a client. Yes. So like that is a very big thing that we do that if anything that we're recommending, we need to try ourselves because we're big believers yes. that I can only take my clients as far as I'm willing to go myself. Amen. Right. Like, so like we really believe in like practicing what you preach and modeling all of that behavior and mm. ketamine is really big. It's one, it now it's regulated. There are ways to do ketamine assisted psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, if you are someone who has what's seen as treatment resisted, treatment resistant depression, you are a very good candidate for ketamine. And mm -hmm. this is the reality is, is we're talking more about psychedelics in general. And there was, there was there was no way for them to not start regulating it or implementing it because all of the research backs it up so much. Yeah. Uh, I always love to recommend the book. I'm sure you guys have read it, but How to Change Your Mind by Michael, Michael. Pollan, <laughs> the godfather of psychedelic therapy research. It's one of my favorites. It took all mm -hmm. my fears away about drugs and therapy because, again, I grew up in Florida. We didn't use that shit for therapy. That was like, you're trying to get fucked up and go to the, right? the ultra rave festival. You know what I mean? It was a terrifying um, taboo, but I'm, I think that that's like, just points to, again, like you guys being these millennial therapists that can tell mm -hmm. you like, Hey, what your parents thought, what treatment was, they literally used to put magnets on their head and electrocute each other. Like we're past yeah. that. We're growing. We're learning. There's more options. Do you find yes, that that's have. like, something you're constantly talking Absolutely. about and you know what we were also we were taught a very specific way when mm. we were becoming therapists mm. they told us to uh neuter ourselves <gasps> um that you know we were taught about being a blank slate and mm. so we we were really confused when we became <laughs> therapists because what we know is the most important predictor of therapeutic success is your relationship with your therapist ah. and how do you build a relationship with your therapist if they're not a real human and maybe right. previous generations did but this generation does not no. right i love that that's just the reality everything changes and if we don't change with it no matter what your industry is you're going to be left behind Mm, I love that. We've had so many therapists on this year, and I don't think that's an accident. <laughs> <In the last. laughs> 
year and a half, two years where it, it's been so refreshing to like hear what they're talking to clients about versus mm-hmm. when I first went into it, you know, at 15, 16, 17 years old being like, I'm not going to talk to this old white bitch who knows nothing about me. She's not going to give a shit about what's going on with my high school drama. Like I felt zero mm-hmm. connection, but I wonder kind of circling back to what we first started off with, with like the state of the world, how are you seeing the way people are taking care of themselves or responding or looking for therapy and treatment right now, how is that going to change the way we look at like mental health and therapy for the future? Yes. I'm asking you to predict the future. We would love to predict it right now. Well, one of the things that we think is that even people like you that will sit on a podcast that has an audience, every time we scream from the hilltops, I go to therapy and this shit works. Mm. We are helping to destigmatize it. Every Mm. time we talk about, even if we're using unhealthy coping skills, every time we talk about self-injurious behavior, an unhealthy Mm. coping skill, shit that we did, shutting down Mm. our worst moments, it is helping somebody else to be more Mm. vulnerable and connect to themselves. And the reality is, is that connection can help treat depression. It just can. And it's Ooh. it's becoming so much more. It, I think it's cool, like in high school now to go. Yeah, to I think therapy. it is too. Yeah. Before, when I was in therapy, when I was seven or eight, I mean, I remember my mom would be like, "Don't tell anyone where you're going." Yes, it was a secret. Yeah, it was a punishment too. If you if you don't stop doing this, I'm going to send you back to that therapist. Right. right. You have to go to the doctor. Right. It yeah. was like it was like a punishment every single time. And so you guys, now did it's we have cool. the same parents? Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> name your mom and dad. Is it Mike and Christy? Yes. But it was the same thing, right? And we hear it now. Sometimes we'll still hear a lot of times we hear it more with couples therapy in the now Mm. in this day and age, where it says, like, well then I guess we have to go see a couples therapist because this isn't working. Clearly Mm. you're not changing. But Mm. let's not use therapy as a threat because every time we use it as a punishment and a threat, it actually re-stigmatizes it for all of us. We want Mm. positive feedback loops across the thing, right? Mm. I want to go to couples therapy with you because I love us and I want this to work. And I want to be closer. I want more intimacy in our relationship. And I think that the really wonderful thing is that people are learning how to ask for help. Where I think there was a lot of messages um, in the past of just suck it up. You can do this yourself, right? And if you are asking for help, that there was, uh, it meant you weren't strong in some way, right? Or there Mm. was a weakness where we think it takes so much strength to be able to reach out and say, I need help with this. I Mm. really could use someone to talk to. Mm. And if not now, sis, when are we, I mean, like... (laughs) The, the rate we're going, good Lord knows something's going to happen that'll <laughs> force you into it. But like now is the time for everybody to be saying mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. I need help. I can't do this yes. alone. Things don't feel right. And I think that there's also something about this. The state of the world has almost normalized it for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Where in mm-hmm. the past it, it was, it felt embarrassing. Like, oh, I don't need to mm-hmm. go to therapy. I have to, where, where now there's so much more normalize, normalizing around it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we've been in a pandemic for, mm-hmm. you know, two years at this point. Of course I need therapy. That there's <laughs> so much more support around it, mm-hmm. um, yes. which I think is driving a lot of people into therapy too. Well, and the reality is, is also telehealth has made it more accessible. Virtual therapy does work, but it's yes. also allowed people to feel like, well, how am I supposed to leave in the middle of the day? Or what am I mm-hmm. supposed to do? And what if somebody knows? As opposed to, you want to know what? I can log on. I can talk to someone, I can get that support. And like, we want accessible therapy. Cause also yes. the reality is, is the disabled community has been asking for this for Oof. accessibility for forever. And our own ableism has kept that away. 
Ooh, and it took a fucking global pandemic, the recession or like the inflation and potentially World War Three for us to go like, maybe <laughs> we'll do what like the straight white rich guys need and make therapy more accessible from home. And mm-hmm. I've, I've said that uh, BetterHelp sponsors this podcast. That wasn't an ad. But I have said <laughs> I don't think I will ever go back to in-person therapy because sometimes what I didn't realize was like. I didn't feel comfortable enough in this space, even though I'd been going to her for years that, you know, someone's tears were on this couch from half an hour ago that I was like, who cried here last? And I needed to be at home in my bed, cuddled up Mm -hmm. with my cats in order to like cry and be as open and vulnerable as I could be. And I don't know if you guys see that change too happening. Absolutely. There's some, there is something about being in your own environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and also mm-hmm. there's a level of safety. I think that, that, uh, it being telehealth, there's a level of safety there where like, if it feels mm. unsafe, you could just close the computer. It's so much easier to just <laughs> yeah. close the computer than the fucking, <laughs> I don't like, like your feedback. I'm done here. Right. So there's some, <laughs> there's some sort of like protection in a way that I think yeah. it allows us to be a little bit more vulnerable where we can say, I'm mm. going to open up. I'm in my own space. I have my cats with me. Um, this is really helpful. It feels more comforting. Why? While there is other people who do feel that getting out of their environment um, helps mm-hmm. them a little bit more, especially if they're living with someone mm-hmm. and they want to talk about the person yeah. that they're living with. Sometimes those boundaries are really necessary. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Those floors are really thin. In this the, amount, the amount of therapy that I've done with my telehealth therapy, with my clients who have been in their car has been wild uh, over these past two years. Wow. Cup, couples in their That's closets. So right. Couple, right. Yeah. With like, their kids, like, uh, fingers coming underneath. But the reality is, is that we should all have options for what works for best of us. And that's the other thing is like, Mm. let's listen to some of these marginalized voices because probably Mm -hmm. what they're saying probably makes a lot of fucking sense to have more options in this world. And why not make it accessible and all the different options for every different type of person of what works for them. And can I just blame the patriarchy on everything? Right. Because like even my, like my girlfriends uh, who are black women were like uh, asking me for help. Like, Oh, where should I reach out for therapy? Cause you know, I am like the mental health guru of the group chat. (laughs) And I'm like, honestly, here's my resources. I don't know that I can confidently say I know where to find women of color or indigenous voices or disabled voices or like pain management therapists. Like there's so many communities that like, again, going back to what you said, how do we change these systems? How do we say Mm -hmm. like, listen, you don't need to get into a prestigious university that, you know, only picks a certain amount of people or like what, what can we do to make it more accessible and inclusive and diverse? Well, what it really does often go back to money, right? Who are the people that are able to afford to go to grad school? And why is it that we have gate kept mental health that you need a graduate degree to do this? Why is this a thing? Why did I have to take theater 100 and fucking to go to college <laughs> to then pay a whole bunch more money to go to grad school? This really doesn't make sense, right? So there is a larger <gasps> systemic issue, right? And then it also takes mm. people like us, white cis women saying, actually, mm-hmm. what you do is you go to therapy for black girls, or you could look at inclusivetherapist.org mm-hmm. and their directory system, right? If we all start educating ourselves and Mm -hmm. taking fucking responsibility as opposed to being we don't need to be white women that specialize in people of color we should be white women Mm -hmm. that specializes Mm -hmm. in um disarming white supremacy that's not our fucking place let's stay in our own lanes and that's okay and that's okay that's okay
Yes, that's the that's the that's the correct answer. <laughs> Congrats! Yes, it's it, 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 that was it. It's, it's very easy to do, actually, right? Like this mm. is actually something that's not that simple, complicated, unless you're resistant to it, right? right? Mm. It's very easy for us to say, well, who else is speaking on that panel? Wait, there's no one of color. There's no one in marginalized community. Then no, thank you from us. Right. This doesn't mm. make any sense. It's okay for us to say no to lots of stuff. So I think when we Oof. think larger terms, who can afford to go to grad school? Who is getting into grad school? We went to a program that it was mandatory to do it full time. So you wow. were unable to have a job at the same time. Ooh. So who does that work for? Privileged yeah. folks. Yeah. Right? So Holy that works shit. for us from privileged communities, yeah. but who else didn't that work for, right? So yeah. this comes from a larger systemic change, and this is the issue that also, it can't be on individual responsibility. I don't work at a mm. university. Right. I don't work mm -hmm. in that larger system. I can use my voice, but when we make it about individual changes, we're also mm. then not making those patriarchal white supremacist systems actually have to do hard work. Oof. Say it loud. I mean, Jesus, I hope you've got this episode on repeat confidants because there is some knowledge being dropped right here. Um, how do you think that, I mean, like we're both all bitches with podcasts that are trying to help people. Oh, we yeah. have social media where yep. we put out, you know, helpful therapeutic advice. Some, sometimes for me, it's more uh, goofy and cat centered and I don't have a degree. But what do you think about what our generation is doing in terms of accessibility to help mm -hmm. that is helping break down a lot of barriers for people who alternatively maybe wouldn't be able to afford therapy or go to therapy. I think the the fact that we are sharing such knowledge in accessible platforms is so important. Mm -hmm. I do think it's important as you're listening to these things or you're looking at uh, Instagram therapists to, to take what works for you and leave mm -hmm. what doesn't. Mm. because it's absolutely impossible for it to apply to everyone. Right. Um, and that's, that's the thing is that you can kind of create your own knowledge by, by uh, listening to these podcasts, looking at these um, uh, different Instagram therapists and kind of combining the things that work for you mm. and saying, okay, well, what, what can I take from this? And then what can I leave behind? Mm. Mm, I love that. I love like take what my yoga girl on, on my free YouTube channel every morning says like, take what serves you and leave behind what doesn't like, yes. we're here to serve you. And I'm like, Oh, I like that. It makes me wonder because I as a again, non degreed um, <laughs> Pseudo We're gonna give you an honorary person. degree. Yeah. Like oh my get god! Yes. From the yeah. therapy girl. You're posting a lot oh. of like cat stuff. I think yeah, that's, that's very. <laughs> yeah, you're Thank right. you. Okay. You know, what? I will take that. Thank you very much. Uh, that does serve me. Um, it, it, just even as that person who is not in the business of therapy, I find myself constantly trying to keep up with the audiobooks and the therapy techniques like literally in the other window on my other monitor right now I have a YouTube video that's what is authentic relating like I'm constantly <laughs> trying to upgrade my knowledge and I'm mm -hmm. curious about what you guys as professional therapists what are you watching what are you reading how are you staying updated and even like with ketamine therapy right like we know it's been around and legal for so long but how are we now just kind of being like yeah you know what we got to get this more in, involved mm -hmm. and out there 
There, there is so much information. We always say that becoming therapists really ruined reading for pleasure for us <laughs> because we have so many fucking books that we so many have read and are going to read. Um, but we go to I'm going to a conference this weekend, like right after this <laughs> podcast. I am leaving no right after this podcast to go to DC to go to the Psychotherapy Networker. Um, and so, so we go to conferences, we do readings, we do trainings, we listen to podcasts. I think all. Also, talking on our podcast um, really allows mm. us to dive into more information. Um, but the, it's it is next to impossible to keep up with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we make sure that we continue to educate ourselves because we know that we will not get to a point where we're done learning. That we will mm. be learners for our entire lives. And shouldn't we all be? Mm. And shouldn't we all be? So you just finished uh, uh, Parents of Emotionally Immature? Yeah. Oh, no, uh, no, no, adults she- of Emotionally Immature Parents. Oh, which wow. I highly, yes. highly recommend. If you are a child who grew up with mm. emotionally immature parents, that mm. book will be so incredibly validating for you. Yes. You will cry while you read it. Uh, it is yeah. incredible. So, um, yeah. And so I just finished No Bad Parts, which is about internal family systems mm-hmm. theory. If you haven't mm-hmm. read it, you have to read No Bad Parts. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm reading uh, Drug Use for Grownups. How, what is ethical oh. drug use? Let's talk about how to have ethical drug use. I love that. I mean, literally, <laughs> I'm like writing these things down as you guys are saying them because I'm like, mm, yes, love that one. I'm like, need to download the audiobook version. I'm trying to get through uh, right now the Body Keeps score again. I read it a long time ago, but I'm refreshing and it's so sad yeah <laughs> that's a really that's breaks. a hard one to get and it's, through, it's no. heavy and, yeah. and that's the thing is that a lot of this stuff is heavy especially if it touches on your personal experience totally right and so so it is okay to give yourself breaks and we we yeah. have to remind ourselves it's okay to read for pleasure and not just ah. <laughs> not just dive into therapy books constantly mm-hmm. so um, i yeah. right so that was one of my goals for this year was to, to start reading for pleasure right because i do think we always think reading has to be productive but i don't think it yeah. does what if no. reading is simply for rest and for pleasure Oof. and enjoyment? And I think that's the thing is that Oof. we can sit here and be lifetime learners and I can read every fucking book, but holy shit, like it's a lifelong thing. So how do I rest? How do I just take care of me? Mm. It's cool to do all this stuff, but like self-healing doesn't have to be an obsession, right? It can be mm. something that mm. we we do constantly the same way, like we're talking about any of different like long-term changes. It mm. has to be a marathon, not a sprint. I'm laughing because my boyfriend literally left this morning to go to the monastic academy, the anti-fragile heart healing retreat for a week. And I'm like, okay, we, we have become a little bit like obsessed. And I do wonder like, how do you guys, cause listen, y'all's business is a booming and stacked. If you go look at the therapy group, like you guys are running a fucking business on top of all the social media, on top of the podcast, like how do you guys, and don't lie to me, don't you lie to me. You tell me the truth about how you rest and relax and self-care. Smoke pot. Watch <laughs> a ton of reality. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like let our brains fry. The weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, 
effortlessly chic year after year. Like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my god. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, we we have to emotionally separate (sighs) from it, right? And we always say, like, because our careers are around helping others, that Mm. you cannot take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself first. And sometimes self-care is just shutting your fucking brain down because all we do is talk about therapy and talk about Mm. taking care, you know? And so it is okay to have those moments where you are shutting your brain down and kind of recentering mm. and saying, I just want to watch smoke pot and watch some reality TV. Um, I like that we're calling it pot too. I feel like I, my I mother, know. I feel like so I'm, I'm such a boomer. We are. Marijuana. Boomer. Um, but have the you reefer. read Bur- the, the reefer, reefer. the devil's lettuce. Um, yes. have, you, have you read burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagalski? I don't think I have. Let me okay. look it up. Burn out. Yeah, burn out. Write that First one all, down too. Write that down. Oh, I wrote it down. Out. I'm okay. adding it to the file. And one of the things they really talk about is that research really does indicate that community <gasps> care, community mm. support is actually the answer to burnout. And when we make burnout about, oh, setting boundaries or individual assist, individual systems again, mm. once again, we're discounting the massive power of relationships. How wow. I feel is sitting with my friends and fucking hanging out and laughing and having joy and having real rest, right? So mm. it's amazing to do this work, but also how do I recenter down and get some laughs in and have healing and rest that way? Mm, amen. And I think that that's obviously been hard because of the panini, the Patricia happening <laughs> to all of us, like... I definitely made my my little bubble. I we you know we're we're all vaccine boosted. Yes, we pro science on this podcast, and still, I you know I posted a a picture of last week. I went to a uh, I went on a ski trip with a group of friends, mm-hmm. and they had like sort of this after hour ski like uh dr- like rave thing outside, and it was outside. I'm vaccine boosted. My boyfriend already had COVID. I didn't catch it. So I feel like pretty good. And still in the comments, I got people being like, this is so unsafe. This is like, we're we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And to me, I still feel like 
we're struggling with the panini and I'm trying to go back to living my life. And I think I got caught up in like my first instinct was I wanted to get defensive and be like, yeah, no, no, I'm safe. Like I'm outdoors. We are literally there dancing for like 15 minutes, but I, I didn't because you know, you don't want to engage in that kind of social media stuff, but like where, how do we deal with the guilt of wanting to live our lives, go back to our friendships, like be as safe as we possibly can. And also giving a shit about like what other people think of our status as like, you know, I felt like I was being called out as like an anti-vaxxer almost. Like, yeah. I was like, not the same. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we've really been able to learn from public health, especially from STIs, is the fact that risk management matters and mm. people are still allowed to have whatever sex they want, right? How do you mm. have safe, and I want you to think about the same thing. I'm never going to shame anyone for a sexual decision they make. Every person gets to make that for themselves as long as it's consensual. That's all I care about, Mm. right? So risk management is a personal thing. Now, we're also talking about something that affects in large marginalized and disabled communities, how do we protect other people, right? So that being said, if you're thinking risk management for yourself, then how do you be also respectful? Hey, if I'm going to go hang out with other people, how do I test? How do I take care of myself? The same reason if I was having sexual behavior and having a new partner, how do I test and take care of others? Mm. Because we Mm -hmm. should have group ideas of how I care for others. But it's the mm. same type of public health risk management. How do we actually, right? Like, don't don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. right? take, I don't know. Take the vaccine. Like, this is, we yeah. can't keep having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> this is, right? Yes. You know, yes. right? Like, the reality is, is like, I think last month they still did have the deadliest month that's been on record of the pandemic mm. I saw, right? Mm. People mm. really are. So how do we have, the reality is, is they're now calling it an endemic, which is what the flu season mm. is. Mm-hmm. Where it's how never going to be. It's right. never, it's gonna it's keep never going away. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. But also we're just going to stop talking about it as much. Yeah. Eventually. But, but also once again, but maybe, we're not. About it. <laughs> maybe not, maybe we'll talk about That's it forever. True. But I can imagine if there was, you know, if there was more kind of social media, if there was more ability to talk about when, when the flu came out, like it would have been mm. the same thing. Good point. Yes, points are so made, right? right? And so, what you want to think about is what's once again we're talking about on an individual level, as opposed to a larger public health policy. If they take away mask mandates, there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> right, right. That's kind of how I felt. I was in Vegas yesterday visiting family, and they're done with masks, and I was like, I, "What the fuck?" It felt so crazy. Right? Philadelphia had a full vaccine and mask mandate, and they just took it away. Yeah, it's away. Literally, within like, I feel it like 24 is? hours. Yeah. They just took it away. They're not, they're not checking vaccine cards anymore. And nope. we kind of <gasps> love that. But, um, what? I guess it's like you, as you guys who know your status and know your risk exactly. management levels, yeah. like, you guys know what you are comfortable with. And I feel like that's where I'm getting, like, there was one comment that, like, stuck with me. And now I'm just turning this into a personal therapy that's session. Okay. I'm that's like, guys, let's do it. Help that's, me work through this. How but it do. was like, You know, people were commenting on the photo of me being at this like outdoor ski thing. And it was like, uh, I'm surprised that she posted this because she's an advocate for the chronically pained and ill. And someone else wrote like, yeah, it's, um, it's performative. She's giving me like performative activism. And I was like, how dare you? My entire life's work reduced down to a, (laughs) a, a no contexted moment. Like I just was so appalled that someone could feel that way about me and then I had to go into my practice of like they don't know me that you know if they're really feeling that way like maybe it is best they unfollow me like whatever's good for them like yeah I I I 
I don't know if you guys struggle with this too, but like as therapists, do you constantly need to feel like not perfect? Cause like you said, you're humans and that's like your superpower. But like, I don't know. Do you struggle with anything like that? Absolutely. Because we're human. We're fucked up. That's why we're a therapist actually. My question question is going to be, how many positive comments did you get Mm. on that? And how many Um, neutral comments did you get on that? Right? It's wild. (laughs) Exactly. And so it's wild because just as human beings, we we look at the negative ones and we hold onto them. And they are so, so painful. Um, Mm. And we talk about even in even in relationships, right, that it takes five uh, positive connected interactions to combat one negative one. <gasps> that's research, now? that's yeah. research from the Gottman Institute. Yes. So, right. So oh, we talk love about, Gottman here. Yes, love Gottman. exactly. So we talk about it in terms of like it's a five to one ratio. So, okay, so I got to go outside and like have people compliment me or something. Exactly, like, exactly, exactly. Get out but, of here. But, but, uh, you know, just when you're, when you're in the public eye, when there's a lot of, you are going to have people who right. are going to make comments that are hurtful, yeah. scrutinize, project their own stuff onto you. Yes. And it brings up, it's like people like to feel like moral elitism, right? Like I'm better than mm. you. And like, I, right? Like who did Seat COVID at the table. Missed? Yeah. yeah, who did? I won COVID. I never went anywhere. I never took I off the mask. Right? I like nobody wins this. People have died. People have lost. Yeah. Everyone's like, struggling in their own mm. way, right? Mm. It doesn't help yeah. anything to put more of that out. Like nobody, like right. White was the best COVID survivor, right? Like right. And right. the same thing. Right. And one of the things we you've heard people talk about is like one of the things we've seen is when people actually get test positive, is there could mm-hmm. be a shame spiral that comes with it of right. like I did something wrong. No. Same thing with the STI. It's not like that. There's nothing wrong. It just is. It's a virus. And did you guys notice that, like, I felt like that, it, at least in L.A., because L.A. was on and off the radars. Like, yeah. it was one of the most, you know, viral cities, as we should be. We love the attention. Like, <laughs> I felt like the shame of it stopped after Omicron with the, the yeah. super viral one, like the very contagious one. Like in the beginning, it was like, oh my God, that person's so unsafe. Like, fuck that person for going out. And then it was like, well, now everyone has it and everyone's getting it and it's quick. And it's like, the, and, and I felt like the shame really just turned off one day and we were uh, like, yeah. a little bit more acceptable. Absolutely. I, I completely yeah. agree with you. I think because everyone was getting Omicron. Also, I think because the symptoms were so much less severe. Yeah. And the for holidays some people, yeah. for some people. Yeah. For some people, right? Yeah. Some people it really was. Yeah. You know, it's interesting things. We both got Delta. I love how like that. That's, thank you. That should be like on your resume, we, right? I like, vintage. Delta, like, why, right? Very vintage. retro. We did, like, not we got it at the same time. We did from <gasps> podcasting because we were probably, probably sitting into the same. Yeah. Mic. Actually, from my daughter brought it home from school. Um, ah. and that's the nice thing about having a kid, right? And so I we got Delta, right? But there was I felt. I was almost embarrassed, yeah. especially mm. it was in August when like kind of no one was getting it. And I was like, oh my wow. God, it was really bad, yeah. right? And, but, wait, can we tell the story? So oh, no. Emily Please said to me, the <laughs> tell Emily, the story! Emily said to me like, wow, like I'm really not feeling well. And she was like, I was like, oh, maybe you have COVID. Like you should probably get tested. And she was like, no, no. And yeah, then she, no. She, she got tested. She called me back. She was like, oh my God, it's positive. And I was like, you know what? Now that you say something, I can't taste or smell anything. <laughs> oh my God. The better part of this story, you want to know, I'm going to really, you know, okay, now you're tell us, tell us. I wasn't going to out us. Was the day before, we had a, the day before we had a fully outdoor staff party. 
We, no one else got it besides us. It was all outdoors spread out at my house. But the next day we had to email the staff and say, somebody tested you positive. You know and we said We said somebody we tested didn't say. positive. It was us. It was the fucking owner. This, this just said this podcast episode with the timestamp link they, out oh, to your company. Already, we already talked we about already it told on the podcast. Oh, okay. we told okay. all, but during that oh. time, we had so much shame around it, right? And we had been so careful in all of yeah. our offices. And yeah. so many people weren't going back. And we were like, okay, things are like lightening up. We can have like an outdoor party. We want everyone to feel connected. We know this has been a really tough time. Yeah. Everyone was vaccinated. No one else got it for the record, just us. Wow. But right, like, but it, it, the thing is like, even when you make the safest decision, sometimes it's not about someone being wrong or bad. It's just mm. a fucking virus, man. Like we cannot put yeah. morality the same mm. way that food shouldn't have moral value. It's It's not like that. I think this is such like I'm so glad we talked about this just because it it's not a conversation like you're all about destigmatizing you guys are doing like all that kind of work and I think that that shame plays into this part of all of our millennial lives that we're going to millennial gen z that we're going to like remember for the rest of our lives and I think that like this conversation is important to have and it's it hasn't been talked about a lot so I appreciate you guys for like sharing that part you didn't of your see you didn't journey. think this is where this was gonna go today <laughs> i did it i haven't looked Neither at my did note outline in like 20 minutes i've really just said fuck it throw it to the wind i'm just like let's just talk you guys let's, so just, just, hang out. let's just be mm-hmm. pals um yeah, it did make me wonder like how you guys you know when we're talking about do you ever feel this need to be perfectionist or like you're supposed to have it all together like you know i i totally agree with you guys on that. You want a human being as a therapist. You don't want a blank slate or a robot. How do you help other people understand that? Because I get asked all the time, where do I start? How do I find a right therapist for me? That's like the most common question I get asked. How do you sort of destigmatize this idea of like, no, the person you're going to for help is supposed to be perfect and better than you and have their lives together not like they if they have it figured out wouldn't they be perfect like (laughs) i I do think that there are clients who want a therapist like that like that there are definitely clients who well they want a guru then right they want a guru Uh, or they want they want the right they want someone who has all the answers right that there's and that's not the type of i mean we help guide clients to finding answers for themselves finding a life for themselves that they're going to be happier more content with um and at the same time being very open and honest and being very connected to ourselves because we have done Mm. this work for ourselves and continue to do this work for ourselves Mm. um and so i do think that there are clients who maybe want someone who comes from a one-up position and says i have Mm. all the answers and here's what you should do Mm. we come from a different a one-down position where we Mm. are very much helping clients to figure out who they are find the best way that they can live their life because we don't feel like that's our job to tell them how to live. Wow. That was very insightful. And I love the idea of like, it's also okay if you want that mm-hmm. and maybe that works for you, but yes. you shouldn't be afraid to change it up and try something new if it doesn't. And I think the most successful therapeutic relationships I've had is women around my age or gay yeah. men. But I tried to stay away from gay men because it was like too too comfortable (laughs) they were more like my pals and i was like no i do need that little bit of edge of like telling me sometimes what not what to do but like how to do it pointing out my flaws yeah 
Well, and, and I think it's also sometimes you don't know what works until you try it, right? So, like, if you're someone who's, like, thinking about going therapy, like, I want to do some therapist shopping, yes. try a little bit of everything, right? Like, mm. it's okay to, one, take – when someone offers you a free 15-, 20-minute phone consult, take it. Do it. Don't yes. say, like, oh, let me just book. Take that time and use up that time. Yes. Do not feel – See if you like, connect with the person. Exactly, yes. right? Sit there, ask questions. What is the session going to look like? What does the intake look like? Um, do you give homework at the end, right? Like, there's so many questions you can ask in that mm. um and i would really encourage you to do that and try different things that work for you because sometimes mm. you don't know until you know you don't know until you know you i don't know that. i have like kind of a selfish uh foundry question since you guys are co-founders of the therapy group as yes. like a full-fledged like mental health business <laughs> yes ladies um i did i started a company during the pandemic nothing to do with therapy it's a home decor trading app it's not launched cool. yet anyways but like as founders of this how was that journey of building a business on emotion you guys are already laughing like I want to know. Tell me. Tell me what you're laughing about because well, I want to laughing, know. We're laughing because we're still on the journey yeah, very much, I love it. you know? And so it's, it has been a fucking journey, yeah. if anything. Oof. I mean, Emily and I met in grad school mm. and um, decided right after grad school that we, we were going to start a business together. It's a 2012. Wow. And so all I knew was I can't fucking work for one of these fucking assholes. All I knew was that I was way too fucking bossy to ever work for someone else. And I had to beg and plead, Jen, please, you have to start it because I can't afford to do it on my own. I'm too poor. I was like, I don't have any money. So I need someone else to help me here. I love that. And so that's what we did. And we were very young. But we we also knew that we wanted to start a therapy practice that was based Mm. on our values of Mm. having clinicians that are very down to earth that you feel like Mm -hmm. you connect with as a human being. And that's really what we've built our practice around. Mm -hmm. But to be completely honest, like we're figuring it out as we go along and as the Mm. business, the business has grown. And so as the business grows, we have to grow with it. And so, Mm. uh, you know, I think, I think the best thing we could say is it it just to allow yourself to grow, to allow yourself Mm. to step outside of your comfort zone. You know, when we started the podcast, I would have rather died than <laughs> talked on a podcast. I, You're kidding! I swear to God, it oh, was I had the to, most... I, it, the amount of begging I've had to do for most things with Jen. <laughs> Jen is our introvert. I like, am grounded, very introverted. But it, it works. It works. <laughs> right? But... But it's it. you have to step outside your comfort zone in mm. order to grow. And both of us mm. have really had to do that in this process so much. I think the really good thing is that Emily and I have great communication between the two of mm. us. And That's we also amazing. check ourselves constantly about our own shit. Like we will have therapeutic conversations in the context of business all the time. Aww. I love that. The thing I would say is also like, I think in this generation, we want, all of us want to be perfect and great at something Mm -hmm. at the beginning. We were very bad at this at the beginning. We started out in a basement (laughs) office with Love. fucking animals and charging yes. sixty dollars a session, like right? Oh my oh, man. god! We had that we had great. rented furniture. We couldn't afford to buy rented, furniture. Right, I forgot. <laughs> right, like right, rented and then like some shitty old IKEA couch my brother gave us. So oh like, my god. it's okay for it to not be gorgeous and perfect and beautiful at the beginning, right? Mm. Sometimes shit is really messy. And so mm. what I would say to anyone developing anything is let yourself fail and don't give mm. up, right? Like mm. it is okay for this to not be perfect. And I think especially 
especially in our generation, there is a lot of perfectionism and there yeah. is a lot of like, I, I, if I put it out there and people see it and then it doesn't go well, what are they going to think? Sure. And that was a big fear with the podcast too. If we start recording, everyone's going to make fun of us because oh who doesn't gosh. have a podcast these days? Right. Although it was in 2019 and a few less people have yeah, a little bit ahead early. Right? Yeah. So, but the thing is like all of us are so worried about failing. Yeah. Let yourself fail in front of other people. Let yourself fail mm -hmm. for yourself because that's fear, self-compassion. If you haven't read fear, self-compassion, Dr. I Kirsten haven't, but that's yeah, so yeah, Honestly, I am a book whore. Obviously, you can see like, yes. my studio. There's a whole other bookshelf. I'm like a book whore. Okay, we're going we're gonna to send you a big book list. Well, and oh. I also... I also think we so often see people's end result because of social media that we don't mm -hmm. necessarily, we're not necessarily seeing the process that like no one saw the 10 years that we worked to get to this point wow. um, before the 30 clinicians before the, yeah. all the followers. And so I, th I think people put so much pressure on themselves yeah. to do that yeah. right off the bat because that's all we're seeing through social media, right? We're only mm -hmm. seeing the successes. And mm -hmm. so for anyone who's listening, who's starting a business, who it takes so much time and it mm -hmm. is such a journey once again we're still on that journey we still have to have difficult conversations all the time and grow with the business um mm -hmm. and so just knowing that to to you know demystify the fact that it takes a lot of time mm -hmm. and it takes it takes a lot of pain too to get to this point yeah how else do you I, grow yeah I love too the idea of like therapeutic sessions for business because that's my team is all women. We're all very in touch with like our zodiac signs. Like we start every meeting with like a personal win and a business win. Like we, I just do think women make better leaders. That's all another podcast. No, no, we agree. But, we agree. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> holy shit, you guys, Jen and M, you guys are absolute gems. Ha. <laughs> that rhymed. I should be a poet. Um, I would also love to be friends IRL because oh, like I, I come to Philly all the time. And if you guys come to LA, I want to be friends. Absolutely. And I, please tell us, confidants, where we can find the shrink chicks, where we can find the therapy group. How do you want to be found and used, babies? So if you're looking for a clinician and you are in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Florida, or California, we would love to help you find a clinician <gasps> that works for you. Um, if you are looking and just thought, hey, I'd like some free content, you could check us out. Um, Shrink Chicks, anywhere you get your podcast or on YouTube. Um, we have uh, social media where we put out lots of free content as well with Shrink Chicks or at the therapy group. But it's spelled different grp not g-r-o-u-p someone asked the person who it. owns it tried to charge us like ten thousand dollars we said <gasps> nah. we said nah. we'll just take the fake one yeah. so, so we um, got the fake one grp yes fuck that <laughs> guy right i know i, I had to buy my it. name i had yeah. to buy my name from someone who what didn't the her, their name wasn't even kelsey dara the confidants know that story it was a whole yes. saga but right so so yeah if you're looking um and looking for an amazing clinician even you know let us try to help you out we believe that every person deserves unconditional positive regard Deserves to feel mm. safe in therapy. Deserves to fucking grow whatever their speed is. We want to meet mm. you exactly where you're at. Mm. I can't think of a better little topper with a cherry on top. You guys have been so great. Confidants, please check out all those links below. And I would love to include the book list you guys sent us. Oh, yes. yes. I'll, I'll email yes. you. Yep. I will put those links below as well. Let's do like a little book club this month with it. And don't forget to listen to Shrink Chicks, the podcast. That will also be linked below. And hey, give us a five-star rating. I think yes. we like could all do a little good right here. Go over to Shrink Chicks, give them five stars. Give Confidently a secure five stars. Like if you're just feeling lovey and happy after this bubbly episode, like go ahead and throw us a five-star rating. And we will see you next week. Thanks, Jen and M. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.